Yep. I was too slow. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Uh, doing good. All right. So we're we're doing FaceTime audio. How about that? Huh. All right. That All sounds right. a lot better than the cell phone. Yeah, that's that's clear. Yeah. You good? I'm good. Oh, I'm God. good. You better be fucking good after this past Sunday, bitch. I mean, listen. I was one of the people who was nervous about Jacksonville's defense. Oh, and it, I straight and it stopped worked. watching the game, dude, because I had a flight then, too. I didn't know we won until hours afterwards. That is a stressful moment. Yeah. I'm just looking at it like the Jaguars' defense, they have a good front four, they can get pressure on Brady. That's what usually like throws him, so I was nervous about that. I understand Blake Bortles is Blake Bortles. I'm not like an idiot, but I'm just like, yeah, but their defense can do what the Patriots struggle against. So... I was nervous. I feel similarly about the Eagles. The Eagles' defense better than the Jaguars' defense, and they do what what the Patriots struggle against. So I'm, I would say I'm that nervous. the Jaguars had a better secondary, though, which I feel more confident when you can pick apart their linebackers and secondary in a West Coast offense, which is what Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels like to employ more often, which is exactly what the Jaguars are perfect against. So I felt like the Jaguars are actually the harder matchup for us. But see, Sorry, the Eagles is, actually... No, no. They're just staring at me now like no, I'm no. such an a-hole. You're playing the Star Wars. I, I, I think that what I was, what I realized at this point, I should just say welcome to the Black House because you guys <laughs> dove into it right away. And this conversation <laughs> is what made me realize... Oh, yeah, this episode needs to go up before the Super Bowl. I can't post an episode with both Coltrane and Captain EO where the Patriots are in the Super Bowl. Have they been in the Super Bowl before, Coltrane? I'm trying to remember. I mean, like, it's uh, It's been a year. I think maybe. Maybe, like, uh, once or eight times or something. Something like that. Ten times. Oh, all right. Tom Brady's been eight times. The Patriots have been ten times. Okay. Well, this, this will be 10. This yeah. will be 10. And, uh, you know, no one's really talking about if they win, how many Super Bowls will this be? For Brady? Or, well, well, yeah, for Brady. Yeah. Six. Six. Huh. Which is the same number of quarterbacks picked before him in the draft in 2000. There's See, a lot of facts works. here. All ties together. It all ties together. Uh, so, Coltrane, I know you're not one to give predictions on games. You're nervous about the, the Eagles, right? Yeah. The Eagles, uh, Eagles defense... They, their secondary it plays more man-to-man than Jacksonville's does, which is something the Patriots struggle with, especially when you can get pressure on Brady. So I understand why you know Vegas puts the lineup that they do. They're, they're just trying to get people to bet. They're not trying to tell you to score. They just want, want people to bet. So I understand why the line came out the way it did. But Wait, how did the line this, come out? It, came, it started off at five and a half. It, as far as I know right now, it's down to four and a half. Mm. And I heard today that there's one of those like ridiculous gamblers who's got like, I don't know, like millions on the Eagles. But I think it's because of the point spread, not like a straight up victory. So I mean, you know, if, I, like if you can get it at five and a half, that's that that's a decent number of points. I, I think when you get down to three, forget it. Like just save your money, you know, at that point. But uh, you know, they would call it gambling if it made sense. And the last time on the podcast, we talked about a mutual friend of ours, um, David Bujenski, who uh, might have lost some money gambling. You think that's safe to say, Coltrane? <laughs> A dollar here, there, yeah. uh, something like that. It adds up. You do you know this, uh, Ken? That Will, who is here in the studio, Hello. Will Sterling, he what? he yeah. he. I was, per- I was peeing before he we was began. peeing, and then the baseball talk I and mean, the football talk made it feel like his ears were peeing. 
But did you know that Will Sterling produces a uh, sports podcast hosted by Dennis Miller, co-hosted by yours truly? Uh, I did hear that. Uh, I believe uh, I believe it was you, in fact, who uh, brought that to my attention. I may have brought it to your attention, mostly <laughs> because I, I, I was on it and I need people to know what I'm on things. Share it with your robot followers on so, Culture and Leaks. Yeah, I really I, need to listen to it, honestly. I you want should, to hear, you I want should, hear that analysis so I can give an analysis. That maybe should what my I think you should. <laughs> your podcast should be giving the analysis of Dennis's analysis. Uh, and then the first episode, we had Rich Eisen. Yes. Second episode, we had Albino, Al Michaels. And then third episode, uh, we had this guy, John Kincaid, who is a sort of a well-known broadcaster if you listen to a lot of sports talk radio. He, I've heard it. Yeah, I've definitely yeah, he's, heard it. He's hosted for Rome, clones, and uh, he's, uh, he's a Philly guy who hosts his show in Atlanta. Uh, so uh, it's uh, it's been fun to do. And Will, how much more do you know about sports than you did before three episodes of the Red Circle Sports Podcast? <clears throat> None at all. None at all? No. Do you know what city the Chargers are in? It's not San Diego. Okay. That's absolutely right. Yes. I'm going to say Angeles. there's... Oh, no. Well, yeah. I'll okay, get that. I was going to say there's two right there's answers. There's two right answers. Los, Los Angeles, Angeles is or Carson. 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 Yeah. Okay, okay, we would, okay. We'll have to accept both because technically they're yeah. the Los Angeles <laughs> Chargers. But, uh, yeah, they're the, they're the Carson Chargers. Yeah. Listen, I used to like watching them when they were in San Diego. Now I don't... Well, I don't have cable, but, like, I'm like... It was like an event. It was like I know you I would, would put it on the background. I would have I because would watch. it because it gave you an excuse to have a beer at ten in the morning. Correct. Yeah, I know. I how understood to, why you did. I know how to play the game. Like I know what the rules. I'm just don't know people's names and stats, and I also don't care that much. And uh, what are your respective plans for Super Bowl Sunday, Coltrane? Do you, have you booked a flight to Minneapolis so that you can watch the the Super Bowl in the coldest city to ever host it? Thank God they have a dome. Uh, no, uh, and uh, why the hell would anyone want to go to Minneapolis? Prince is dead. There's no point to go there. Just I mean, <laughs> solid point, but uh, I do want to see the ballpark the Twins play in, but, you know, in the summer. Um, and uh, if you like statues of Charlie Brown, which I think that Agent Starling would, mm-hmm. St. Paul is filled with statues of Charlie Brown and Snoopy, yep. and uh, I took a little bus tour when I went there for a wedding quite some time ago, actually, but uh, fun town, but... Who wants to go to Minneapolis in early February, I think, is a valid question, uh, Coltrane. So you're not going to fly to the game. Are you uh, getting together with uh, some friends, some family, or do you need to just kind of watch it in the isolation chamber so that nobody talks while you're watching the Patriots? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm an isolation watcher. I, uh, I, I do not enjoy the game even a little bit when there's anyone around me. I've been invited to several things, and it's just like, hey, that's awesome. No thank you. And people are like... Yeah, but we're all Patriots fans, and I'm like, I know, still don't care, don't want to hear anyone else's commentary while I'm watching the uh, game. I'm going to let Jeff tell you what it was like watching the Super Bowl with us last year at my house. <laughs> <laughs> you would have loved it. They had no interest in the game whatsoever, so there was no reaction to anything that happened. Not true. <laughs> I, I, I was interested, and I could not believe that the Falcons were rolling the Patriots. That's true. But I'm saying like, okay. But so, there were a lot of girls in the room. Is that what you're getting at? Well, yes and, and no. And, so, a, and a one and a half year old baby. The difference to me is me. what, what Coltrane's talking That's about is even, even if baby. you're surrounded by Patriots fans in that scenario, it would be cool at the very end if you win and then you get that moment of elation that you can share with those other people. That crack pipe pit. However, yes. if it goes poorly, one of the most obnoxious things, at least for me and I'm sure Coltrane's the same way, is it's like, Tom Brady throws an interception, and somebody else 
feels like it's necessary to make the commentary. Oh no, that was bad. Like, oh really? An interception's a bad play. Tell me more, you <laughs> fucking idiot. Like, shut up. Bad no move, shit. Brady. You know, you know, bad move. You know, like the, he wanted it to yeah, happen. Like, uh, like, that was unwise. Why did he do that? Yeah. Don't throw it to yeah. the other team. It's never gonna go in your favor. I, I've watched sports where people give that kind of commentary. You know, it's like. You mean John Madden? It's like, oh Brady's no. Brady's really gotta stop oh, no, throwing the, a little power. Wow, the Trojans are really messing up now. Oh man, that looks bad there. Oh no, 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 no. And I'm like. Yeah, we get it. Th- yeah. Thanks. Uh, what I like is that, you know, you bring somebody who's like a friend of a friend, and I'm going to generalize, somebody's new girlfriend comes over, okay? <gasps> and she's there, and say the room is full, use the example, the room is full of Patriots fans. Mm-hmm. And let's say that, you know, Matt Ryan throws one down the field, and the Falcons have a touchdown, and she stands up and goes, yeah, and like, Oh, sorry. Which ones are we cheering for? Oh, yeah. That's always a fun moment. I haven't had it happen a lot of times, but I have had it happen. You got to brief them going yeah. and be like, listen. Well, that's the thing is, that's, that's you as the guy with the new girlfriend, you got to be like, listen, all right, this is what color they wear, yeah. all right, and, yeah. you know. This is seriously we gotta we gotta know you know and don't don't sing fly eagle fly that would be this year. <laughs> Jeff, where do you think you're going to uh, watch it? I honestly, are you waiting for me to invite you to my house? No, I was <laughs> I was I was like, oh, please it. don't even try and suggest another one at your house because I'm gonna need to like really emote this time. This is important. Let yeah. it out. Why why Can is you, this one so special? Do you think you could? Like Facebook Live yourself watching it or something? I think I that might try, be interesting. Yeah. I could definitely. Or, uh, uh, per- or like, do you have Periscope? I, I could get it. All right. Are right? you serious? Is that a real question? Um, what? What's one of Periscope? Who uses Periscope anymore? Every other okay, app has a live Okay, the reason why you function. use Periscope is because it crosses cross posts on Twitter. You, Twitter doesn't have one. Twitter has a live? They do? Yes. Oh, fuck. What do I know? <laughs> I've got like eight kids. What the <laughs> fuck do you want me to do about it? All right. I like Periscope, okay? Maybe okay, I bought... Okay, fine. Hey, uh, hey, Do you hey, like maybe Down I Periscope stuff? with Kelsey Grammer? It's my favorite movie ever. <laughs> I, I knew it. I do. That's a, that's a quality... Thank picture. you. <laughs> Thank you, Coltrane. <laughs> Yeah, I Finally. haven't decided where I want to watch it. I'm debating trying to see, like, hang out with friends, but it's it's exactly Pat's what friends. Coltrane. Not yeah. even though, because there's not really a lot of Pat's friends out here, and that's the thing. If I go to somebody else's house, like the best I'll get is people being like, "Oh, it'd be cool to see Brady win because you know six is a cool thing to see." But more likely, what I'll hear is the second the Eagles take a fucking lead, if they get one, they'll be like. I mean, it'll just be cool to see him win their first one. It's like, no, it wouldn't. It'd be fucking awful. So shut your goddamn mouth. <laughs> They've never won a Super Bowl. They've that never is correct. Won and <laughs> as as Dennis has referred to numerous times on the Red Circle Sportscast, yes. this is indeed the city whose fans uh, booed and threw snowballs at Santa Claus on yeah. the field. So what? Uh, and and they just had a fan this weekend that punched a horse. Did uh, a bunch of and horse. they also yeah. had fans throwing full beer cans at Vikings fans as yeah. they were just trying to like enter the arena. They're just they're just so, getting like, there to the game. Philadelphia yeah. fans are known for like not being fans. They're just assholes. They're, like, it's they're not even like, like Dodgers, Dodgers, like they're, Dodgers they're fans. But yeah. it's not it's like it, even their other teams like there's right. like uh, quick just this one story sure. which I think is indicative of all Philly fans. It was a Flyers game and like a, an adult man purposely like forced himself to vomit on a child because they were a fan of a different team. I have I've heard what? that. I've heard anecdotes like that. Uh, you hear terrible stories that there was like an old guy who got beaten to death in a in a Redskins jersey. Jesus. Like because he was up. This was at the vet in the, like the seven hundred seat. Yeah. So you, you hear all these awful things, and it is a it is a terrible city. Um, uh, they have some great food, but they have a really bad fan base. Now let's be honest. Uh, all these teams, especially in the Northeast, have contingents who are very bad. For yeah. sure. Uh, it's just 
the Eagles fans, they seem to find their way into the games. Usually the worst fans can't afford to go to the games, so you're just going to run into them at the bar. Like, in Philadelphia, they, and I, I mentioned this story on uh, Red Circle Sports podcast, which can be found at podcast1.com. Thank you. Um, and uh, that the police greased the lampposts throughout the city of Philadelphia with Crisco so people could not climb them and try and knock them over and fuck shit up from, uh, you know, basically become snipers. Isn't this the city of brotherly love? I, I mean, it was at oh. some point. Uh, but no, but if you think about it, it's like if you love your brother too much, they're going to fucking punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, what, what was it? Cain and Abel? Yeah. Romulus and uh, Remus? I'm just true. saying, like, mm-hmm. people Abbott are dicks to, to their brothers and, and stuff. I, just I, I definitely agree. I just feel like... I've, I've, I, uh, in college, I had a, a teammate who was kind of from the Philly area, and so he was like a Philadelphia fan. And it was like he embraced these, uh, like that it was okay for people to do these things. It, he did, he condoned it, like actively condoned it. And, and to me, that's the difference in Philadelphia is in New England, you absolutely have assholes who would do some dumb shit. Like but you're not going to tell the, you're not going to tell the story at like Thanksgiving dinner. No, you're not. Gonna, but like Philly fans will like you'll get other people a, being like, girl "Hey then, man, stop it! What yeah. the fuck's wrong with you?" Yeah. You'll see another Patriot fan being like, "Dude, come on!" Yeah. Versus in Philadelphia, everyone will be like, "Yeah, puke on that child, fuck him." <laughs> yeah. And as 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 much as I don't like the Yankees organization, and I I have a lot of problem with other Yankees fans. It's still the majority of them are like, dude, no, no, don't, no, don't do that. Yeah. You know, it's like we're not, we're not here to take a shit on somebody's jersey. That's what Philly does. I've seen so, people wear a red sucks shirt uh, around Fenway yeah. and then have people pour beer on them. Yeah. And I didn't, I, I condoned I mean, that because I was kind of like, asking for that. All right, like, you're gonna wear a red sucks yeah, shirt. Yeah, if you're at wearing, Fenway, come if on. you're wearing <laughs> your shirt for your other team, and I have done that many times uh, at Dodger Stadium, at Yankee Stadium. I mean, a lot of stadiums I've worn uh, Mets stuff. Usually, usually there's some playful back and forth. Uh, you know, it doesn't really get into a thing. Uh, but you know, I understand that there are certainly times and places that it's not appropriate, and I can't say I want to see the Eagles win. I do have friends who are legitimately lifelong Eagles fans that it would make their life better. Um, I think what I want is a good game and as long as it's a good game and say it comes down to the last couple minutes I think I'll be okay with whoever wins. If either well, then, team... Then you, should be, then you should be fine either way with the Patriots being in it yeah. because with the exception of the overtime game last year no, none of their Super Bowls have been within four points. It's been like four points or less so you should be thrilled the Patriots are in it because yeah. even though they keep winning... Still, they're always fantastic Super Bowls. I mean, really, it's the Patriots giving back to the rest of the league. Well, I mean, I, I, I remember two Patriots Super Bowls that, that were probably my favorite Patriots uh, Super Bowls. Uh, but you know, those, those are the ones that, that, that I remember. No, I remember my favorite and, Patriots Super Bowl. What was that? <laughs> Go ahead. It was when the, uh, they did not succeed. In the oh, end. so when they, were, when they lost to the New York that's, football Giants? That's and, what he uh, was saying. Yeah. yeah, I know. And uh, Ken called sick the next day. Uh. No, that was not what happened. That's not what happened? I don't remember that happening. I remember that. I also do not recall that. <laughs> I remember that. I, was like, I can neither are confirm you sick? nor I, deny. I, I, are you really sick? I feel like those files would be sealed if, even, even if that was what happened. But is that something you remember, Coltrane? Uh, after no, I, I have absolutely no recollection of this whatsoever. Who's busting your balls? 
this is this is nonsensical. <laughs> it's almost defamatory. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, Coulter, would you go so far as to characterize this as fake news? <laughs> I, you know what? I would go hashtag fake news on this one. <laughs> I would in fact go hashtag fake news. I did watch one of those two um, an, abominations at a friend's house, and it was you know a bunch of my friends, all mostly all Patriots fans, except of course. One friend, one friend who was not a Patriots fan, in fact, was a fan of the other team. He is, in fact, probably the biggest dick you'll ever meet in your life. Like, that's, it's kind of like he is our friend that is that guy. Mm. And it was like I, another uh, friend from college was out in L.A. at the time, was like, gave me a call, like, hey, I'm gonna watch the game. I want to watch the game. You know, what are you doing? I was like, hey, come over here, watch the game. It, it's mostly Patriots fans, people that you went to school with. You'll know a bunch of them and everything. So, of course... So he comes over, he, he, I think he knew one other person, but, you know, like, didn't really know anyone else. Uh, outcome of the game happens at, at the time, like, so he use, goes to use the restroom. I just left. I was just like, fuck it, I'm out. So he comes back, apparently he came back and was like, uh, okay. <laughs> I did, in fact, kind of leave him there. I mean, it was, again, he knew one of the people from school, and it wasn't entirely like, you know, just... Sure. Like, he had his own car, so I didn't, like, just leave him stranded. But, in fact, I did just, like, you know, just get up and walk the fuck out, which I have yep. been known to do. Well, I understand that. And, you know, the the 2007 Super Bowl I did watch with in sort of, like, you know. Wasn't that mixed... a strike season or something? Didn't that, didn't that, like, get, like, wiped off the books or something? I, yeah. I feel like no, the, that o- one the, didn't the really only happen. book that got wiped was those books that they pre-printed, the 19-0 perfect season books that you could order on Amazon at that point. But, look. See, that's the thing, too, is, like, you're about to have probably, possibly about to have your sixth Super Bowl. And, sure, you know, I'm just breaking balls on the two that you lost. But, <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 it just, it's interesting that both of those were to the same team. That's, that's the only point I'm trying to make. Uh, and I guess there's only other point to make is that it's the same conference as the Eagles. So, you know, obviously, track record well, in the Super Bowl against that conference is, oh, wait, except... 2004, when, when we had literally say, the exact see, same the scenario three and four that, years. And this is, this is the only consolation that I take from that, that entire like, de- debacle. Is <laughs> there's, there's been one team that actually was able to do it. In every other case, like, the Patriots have been able to like, go through it. But it's like there's one team. So it's, like, it's almost like you look at it like, okay, if there's going to be one thing of kryptonite, Okay, it can be there. Plus, and it we sucks. already passed it's painful. The like seeing the, seeing those yeah. catches is painful every time. But it's like if it's just going to be the one, it's like okay, uh, you know what? I'll I'll let that one ride, and I'll just like go and focus on every other one. Like that one, I'm going to let that go. This, I feel a little bit better about. Yeah, and uh, Coltrane, uh, you didn't hear, but Jeff made a point that uh, beating the Jaguars, they uh, got past Tom Coughlin. So that was like. If there was any, like, bad juju anywhere, that mm-hmm. was it. And um, I thought that the Jaguars looked really good in the first three quarters. I did not feel like, oh, they've won this. But I was like, oh, wow, could this team surprise me? Yeah. And I was like, oh. and then, of course, at the end of the game, you're like, no, 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 they, they, they couldn't. My, my buddy called me the other day and had what I think is just a great uh, analysis from his. He was watching the game up in Seattle with his roommate. And uh, when they were down 20 to 10, he just goes to his roommate and he goes, 
I wonder what Tom Brady is, is saying like on the sideline right now. I'm sure it's something along the lines of like, hey guys, I wonder how we're going to win this game. I mean, I know we will. I'm just wondering yeah. like how we'll do it. Will it be an interception? Will it be some late drives by yeah. me? Like, how do, you plan on, how do we plan on winning? He's like, hey guys, let's think about two hours from now when we're laughing about this next part that's about to start right now. Uh, yeah, and uh, I don't know. I, I think it's interesting, and uh, it'll be it should be a fun game. But as we alluded to, this is a rerun Super Bowl. So 2004 Patriots Eagles halftime show Justin Timberlake. The only thing different. No, that was 2003. The Janet Jackson boob was. The Janet Jackson was 2003. Mm-hmm. Well, just pretend I'm right. <laughs> uh, the only difference is that no Janet Jackson this year, so she's still banned. Mm-hmm. Timberlake, no right on board. Yeah, he's there. All right, but so. It's still still semi relevant. So not- I mean, just check this out though. It, as in terms of weird uh, ways that life has repeated itself. So not only is this the second time that the Patriots are looking to go to a Super Bowl for the thir- uh, third time in four years, but we're facing almost exactly the same scenario as 2004. Both our offensive and court, uh, defensive coordinators are already planning to like go start um, coach new teams, which is exactly what happened in 2004. Right. Uh, and there's uh, turmoil with like Bill Belichick. It's just basically like everything is exactly the same way it was in 2004. Well, and, and um, Doug Peterson is an Andy Reid disciple, so it's like Andy Reid led the Eagles the first time. His protege is leading the Eagles the second time. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Andy Reid, by the way, I love to see uh, in the playoffs when Andy Reid just never quite understands how the clock works yeah. in that Chiefs game. Is he still doesn't quite get. You know, it's it's a minor criticism uh, throughout his career. Uh, anyway, a lot of uh, football talk, and that's why I turn to our football resident expert, Asian Starling. Um, where are you going to watch the game? Are you going to watch the game? You don't have TV, so you can't watch it at home. And it's always like an event. It's like if people don't watch the Super Bowl, you you know, you'll miss the commercials, you'll miss some things. Are you planning on watching it somewhere? Yeah, breaking news, Christian. Yeah. Hans Zimmer will be scoring X-Men, the, the Dark Phoenix. I mean, this is way more important he's, than what we were just He said he was about. retired from superhero movie yeah. scores, and now yeah. he's back in the game with the new X-Men movie. Fuck That's yeah. how good that X-Men movie is going to be. Yeah. yeah. Directed by Christopher Nolan. Yeah. I'll Not be at a directed. beach house that weekend. Whoa, I think, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think Jeffrey is Dave-sitting, actually, but then we'll be coming back for the Super Bowl. I think. I just don't know where I'm going to watch it. Probably nowhere. Maybe somewhere. So oh. you might not watch so the Super Bowl? I might be watching the Super Bowl at Will's house. <laughs> <laughs> like on your phone or something? Because no, he doesn't I, have TV. I got uh, the satellite. I've satellite. got the antenna. Oh, you're just gonna you're gonna plug a. <laughs> I just plug an antenna in and there's uh, a way to stream use the it. digital. There's a, there might be a way. There, to stream yeah, it. but I would never stream uh, anything that big because what's gonna happen inevitably is the same thing as um, so McGregor uh, Mayweather yes. was like the biggest pay per view event sure. ever, and they knew it was gonna be the biggest, and they streamed it on multiple platforms. You and said everything it. crashed. Uh, yeah, it, it crashed because no matter how much these people plan for everyone to use their service, it still crashes because right. they're never fucking ready for it. Right. So I will never stream something like the Super Bowl. It's going to be awful. It's going to lag. It's going to crash a million times. Yeah. Like, just don't do it. All right, so you'll figure out a way to watch it. I'll uh, see it somewhere, probably someone's house. Yeah, I might. I, I'm thinking that I might watch it with the wife and kids, but uh, we've now been invited to uh, another couple who has a kid, mm. so I could watch it with three kids in the room. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about it, <laughs> thinking thinking long and hard about that. But okay. uh, it's uh, good friends of ours, uh, and you know Felix likes the uh, other little boy, so you know maybe it'll be fun. Yeah, but uh, the cool thing is, as a Patriots fan, I legitimately feel like if we lose this Super Bowl, it really doesn't matter. Because what does it what does it diminish in any way? We've been to eight. This quarterback's been to eight Super Bowl. He's won more than anyone else. 
we really have nothing left to prove. Like anything, okay. this is clearly a cherry. If sure. It, if we win the Super Bowl, but that doesn't mean I don't want to win. It doesn't mean I won't feel bad if we lose. I'm just saying, like from my perspective, and this is how I've tried to think of it because of how completely devastated I was from 2007, as we we're talking about it. Yes. I was in Europe when that happened. I had to forcibly kick these uh, Netherlander. I don't know what you call them. Dutch Dutch kids out of their own castle. Uh, in the there's town two they things live in. I hate, Jeff. People intolerant of other people's cultures. The Dutch. <laughs> the, the Dutch. Dutch. <laughs> um, yeah, you had to kick them out. Of I, they, so they came in, and then they were like harassing me and uh, my, the girl I would end up dating as, as we we're trying to like watch the Pats game on this Go like take shitty your European shoes elsewhere. Yeah, this like guy comes up and just starts hitting on this girl that I was like kind of dating. Yeah, and so then basically they just, everybody in who's from the castle just turns to me and it's like Jeff, make them leave. So I have to like get up and I'm like, you guys. Go and I like rally up everybody that's like not from the castle or like the people from the town that are in this room and yeah. I'm like, get the fuck out. We get to the front door and they're like, No, why? Why do we have to leave? I was like, Because it's the I just told them, I was like, It's the rules. Because it was the rules there. We weren't supposed to have locals there. And I was like, First of all, it's the rules. Second of all, I don't want you here because yeah. you're annoying me and you're bothering us. Third and of like, all, you've been asked to leave. Yeah. And so, like, No, no. So I literally just grabbed this kid by his arm and shoved him out the door. And I was like, Get the fuck out. And they left. So you they were basically to... like, Oh, we don't actually want to fight. And I was like, I will kick the shit out of you, farm boys. Like, get out of our fucking castle now. And they left. And that was like, so my I, I love the nonchalant way where you buried the lead that you watched the Super Bowl in a fucking castle. And then you kick people out of there. Well, yeah, it's the Emerson program. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Emerson castle. We have a moat yes. and everything. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm not joking. There's, a, never, there's a fucking moat? <laughs> yeah. And this is in, is it in Amsterdam Holland. in Holland? Yeah. Man, my, Castile Will, you, well. Does your college have a moat no, like anywhere? No, no, mine, mine doesn't either. Mm-mm. No. And can I just go back for a second? Sure. Um, I, you know uh, that that right there that was fantastic. But what I will say is Jeff's initial soliloquy is exactly why I won't watch a Patriots game with other the Super Bowl with any other people because the Dutch might show up. I don't want to hear any <laughs> of this nonsense about like what else do we have to prove? Like I won't be devastated. I don't want to hear any of that. I want none of that. I want everything to just be exactly the way I want it to be. And that's that. Uh, look, and Jeff said this too that you know you'll still feel bad. Uh, the idea of losing to you know just a, a dirty, ugly, nasty bunch of fans like the Eagles fans, you know that that that, that I, I, punch I, horses. I, they yeah. punch horses. Yeah. yeah, I mean you know at least New York fans, it's the Big Apple. You know we shower a couple times a week at least. Ken, have you ever heard of a, an annual event that they hold in Philadelphia called Wing Bowl? Yes, uh, they've uh, Howard Stern. Yeah, Howard has uh, visited it a few times, and so what they do every year, and I think uh, Asian Starling might be interested in some aspects of this. They hold uh, the weekend, the Friday before the Super Bowl. They always have something called Wing Bowl in Philadelphia, oh. mm-hmm. and they do this because the Eagles never make it to the Super Bowl, except that this is the second time in what like fourteen years that they have. But still, yeah. So all the other years, you need Wing Bowl. Yeah. And what this is, uh, it's like at an at an arena. I think it might be where the Flyers play. And you go inside, and there's a lot of there's there's wings to taste, and a lot of beers and stuff like that. But what it's really about is people arriving in the parking lot at five in the morning, starting to drink immediately, and getting so shit faced that by the time Wing Bowl opens its doors, it's just a sea of humanity, uh, just disturbing stories, vomit everywhere, oh. uh, overflowed bathrooms, and just yelling all sorts of things at, at women. And some women who encourage it, 
Okay. They, you know, that's a that's a certain kind of girl that maybe you know m- mom told us to avoid, uh, and minorities don't fare well at Wing Bowl. Mm. So yeah, Wing Bowl is kind of to me the epitome of, you know, these are the people that that can't go to Minneapolis. They can't afford to go to the Super Bowl, but these are the people who really want that Super Bowl. But will it change their ways? Will you not take a shit on a on a girl while she's passed out next to a portageon? Uh, Coltrane, do you think that the people of Wing Bowl would change? Would they become better people? Take a look at them and make a change. Uh, no, I don't. And by the and, and it's I'm glad you brought that up because that is actually an illustration of, of why I get frustrated at the notion of Boston being the the most racist uh, sports town. Because any incident that happens in Boston will always come back to, ah, that's because Boston's the most racist city and their fans are terrible, whatever. But then, like, Wing Bowl, like, it is, like, the people there are awful human beings. Awful. There's, it's like, you, the, the only, like, decent human being that you see at that, that place is, like, the, the interviewer from the Howard Stern show that goes there to, like, capture it all. Like, these are, like, the most despicable people on the face of the earth. They say the most horrific things about... Every minority, and like you said, about women, like the whole nine. But it's like, ah, it's nothing. Boston, still the most racist city. Still, that's it. So that is is part of like what I find frustrating. Because you can never get past something if when incidents like that happen in other cities, it's like, yeah, it's bad, but not as bad as Boston. It's like, we're actually not that bad. We're actually, you know, we've, we've got a bad past, but we were actually like moving forward. We've gotten better. So, I mean... Those people that, that represent the Eagles fans in Wing Bowl and stuff, they're horrible human beings, and they absolutely do not deserve a Super Bowl, in my opinion. Here's why Boston's... And as a fact. Here's why Boston's not racist. We didn't hate those people that were being bussed into our uh, neighborhoods because they looked different than us. We hated them because they were different than us. <laughs> we don't want Italians in our fucking schools. Get them out. <laughs> you just don't want anybody else. Why are you not like me in your school, Jeffrey? Get out of here. I only bring a, a video game. You play. Eat the mushroom. Go eat your pasta elsewhere. <laughs> we're just going to sit and eat some fucking potatoes. You got the leaky pipe? I fix the leaky pipe. <laughs> Fuck you, Get Luigi. We don't want any Mario Brothers. <laughs> Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see how the game plays out, and uh, we'll have to uh, revisit Super Bowl LII, Super Bowl Lie, uh, somewhere down the road. But uh, Fake you know, result. <laughs> but there's there's a few other things that I wanted to uh, get Coltrane's thoughts on. Uh, Coltrane, we do uh, pull up a stool in the corner every once in a while when we're lucky enough to have you, and there are a lot of allegations against people of note, public figures, celebrities and such. And we've talked about them a number of times the last few times you've been on. Um, We, uh, in a recent broadcast, we talked about James Franco, who the allegations weren't anywhere near as bad as some other people, but it maybe cost him an Oscar nomination, although arguably the voting had been done before that. But that's the perception. The perception is, oh, it's hurt his career. Um, I was sort of wondering your thoughts on how these allegations played out against Aziz Ansari. Now, this seems like to be the most unique set of circumstances throughout all of the Me Too, Time's Up, and all of this sort of thing. And I wanted to uh, let you 
be the first to dive in on it. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm honored, I guess. Sure. No, I think, see, the, the part of it that is the hardest for me is a situation like this. Because it's like you get caught up in the, on one hand, you know, whenever a woman says it, you have to say, okay, like, she's telling the truth. There's not, I just feel like it's not always as black and white. I don't know, like, based on what I've seen of it so far, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like, it just seems like he thought that it, it was like, okay, and she, after the fact, was like, no, it wasn't. I didn't really get in imp- the impression that she said anything at the time. So it is harder for me to like sort of figure it out Mm -hmm. because if at any point, obviously if you say no, then all right, that ends it. But it's like, if you don't say no, then I don't always know that it's as black and white. So it's, it is more of a struggle for me because it's like, obviously I can never tell you how you should feel about something. So you feel about it the way you feel about it. Like at a certain point you have to, let somebody know that you're not okay with something. And so it's yeah. just, it is, it's a tough one for me. I think that it sort of went a little further the other way than I expected. And there was a lot of backlash against the person who wrote this, which was written anonymously, which by the way, very smart to write this anonymously because this is not somebody that was looking for any kind of notoriety, any kind of, you know, weird fame from it. And uh, then I think a lot of people are like, well, you felt bad after the fact So you didn't tell him uh, at the time. And if women feeling bad about making a decision to either sleep with or make out with someone, if that becomes a crime, then my 20s are going to be very heavily scrutinized. Because I don't know that anyone ever felt like it was a good decision. I don't think I ever pressured anybody. But at the same time, I think that there were a lot of petty fucks. Now, obviously, that's uh, just a joke. But, uh, Jeff... No, there were a lot. But anyway, <laughs> this this whole situation is is very complex in my mind because on the one hand, I I totally understand the spirit of what this is about where it's like, hey, you know, there are plenty of times where someone is making a very clear nonverbal communication to you that something is like really uncomfortable or really okay. Like if I put my hand on <laughs> if I put my hand on Will's shoulder and he Will did goes just like touch Will, yeah like jumps or something or it's like free that's a clear indication will doesn't want to be touched by me like i've i literally had a boss um at a a former job who like put his hand on my shoulder and i fucking winced Mm -hmm. and then it was my i was the one it's like oh like calm down i'm just like and it's like well then don't touch me right i clearly don't want to be touched by you so don't put your hands on me get your mitts off me you fuck and so uh (laughs) so from that perspective i totally understand that there could have been some very obvious and clear nonverbal communication by this woman that Mm -hmm. he blatantly ignored yeah and so i i understand that i don't but um know everything that happened but the first thought that jumps into my mind when i read just the initial couple articles about this because i haven't fully immersed myself in it because it's such a shit show in my mind The, the the first thought i had is even if she's not looking for some fame out of this, what's the goal? Is the is the goal to educate Aziz or educate the world? If if it's educating the world, why do we need to specifically bring Aziz onto this? I'm just wondering why this ever needed well, to be a public story and not a conversation between him and her. Because to me, like that's where you've crossed into you're not like you're not actually 
calling out somebody who's going around uh, abusing women. You're not right. It, it's a lot different when you call out Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, you're there's, not. There's you're not obviously like, a lot oh, of bad I'm, things in between that can happen. I'm but probably it's one of many people who was taken advantage of by Aziz. That's not even the story I mean, that I got and, out of and, it. And you know, there's there's a lot of things in the account that we don't have to break down the whole thing, but it's just sort of like feeling pressured because he's famous and it could help your career it's like that's a choice that you made at the yeah. time you can feel bad after the fact but i do think the good that came from it is that you get some stories like someone wrote something i thought i was one of the good guys then i read the aziz ansari story so at least it's causing men to think oh am i asking girls and women to do things that they don't want to uh, and uh, the answer should always be no, but at, at least think about it. Well, you know, think about is, what you're doing. Is asking or for isn't there a difference between asking and forcing? Right. If I ask my girlfriend to give me head and she doesn't want to, and I say okay, and we move on from that, I've committed no crime. And you're also not Mel Gibson. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, there's no, no there's there's audio of Mel Gibson where he's like. I deserve to come home at the end of the day and have you fucking blow me. <laughs> it's amazing, actually. Is it in the rage, that rage tape? Yeah, is that it's, part, it's part of that, where he uses the N-word, but yeah. we've forgotten about all those things. Yeah. So, Coltrane, really, at the end of the day, do you see what could have been accomplished, why somebody might decide to tell this story? Do you think it helps her? Do you think she hopes it helps other guys consider what's going on? Maybe... Other women who maybe, you know what, if you're in that situation, maybe speak up and, and don't wait until the next day or that sort of thing. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? This one is where it's it's very confusing because there's a complicated, I guess, because I don't know. You know, like it's you don't want to sit there and just like, you know, question someone's motives as to why someone's doing it. You have so you have to say, OK, well, there's got to be a reason. I also worry that we can't be naive to think that people that there aren't people who don't just like put certain stuff out there. And there isn't necessarily like a reason that we could, that we all would like think is rational. So I, I don't know. It's just confusing because it's if you don't say something, if you don't let somebody know, then it's hard to pull back, regret the next day, and just paint someone as like a really bad person if they didn't know that there was if they don't know that there's an issue. Will, as our resident feminist, as we often say, I legitimately feel like you might be better in tune and. You know, I, I'm definitely more like old guard the way that I look at things because, you know, I'm very firmly entrenched in my 40s. Mm. So, uh, you know, look, 70s were a different time. I, I barely remember them. But look, they were a different time. Um, so you know this story. This yeah. isn't, isn't news to you. Yeah. What did you think when you first heard it? Had, do you think any differently about it as, as time has gone on and people have talked about it? Uh, just your thoughts on the Aziz Ansari story. When I first heard it, I was like, hmm... I don't 100% know how to feel about this because it did feel like just like an awkward, weird date and a guy who has no game and somebody who doesn't know how to communicate and it just, there was miscommunication and it just went awry from there and kind of fell apart in that way. So it didn't strike me as being particularly egregious, especially in, com in comparison to people like Harvey Weinstein or something like this. Of course, yeah. And still, uh, it as an act or as a, an episode is not as technically as bad, I guess you could say, as some other offenses where people have actually been forced to do things, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I can understand where lines got blurred because they did perform oral sex on one another. So for a guy, which tends to be kind of a one-track mind, you're like, well, the, obviously we would just have sex now, right? Like, 
I obviously like this. I, is... I I believe you've sometimes, maybe even recently, been in a situation where you thought that that might have been an indication. Yes. Oral sex might have been leading to that. Correct. Oral sex on a female in particular. Yeah. There's. I have two stories. <laughs> yes. That one, which that I one, on which here, you did tell us. Yes. Uh, in which I never tried to force anything afterward. In yeah. fact, I was like, I'm not. First of all, you're a virgin. I'm not going to be that person. Yeah. Uh, that takes this. But even if she wasn't, and she said no. I had there's a second story. I was like in the process of hooking up with somebody, and she was back at my place, and like clothes were removed, and I just got an energy sense that she was not ready. Not that she was like uncomfortable or like disgusted by me, but there was just a, an energy mm. shift, and I was like, I just stopped, and I was like, Are you all right? And she's like, I don't know if I really want to do this, and I said, Then let's not, and yeah. we just stopped, mm -hmm. and she looked like she was going to cry. And I was like, are you okay? She's like, you're so nice. And I was like, I'm not trying to like, like pat myself on the back. But right. it was heartbreaking to know that that's not the typical experience. Yeah. I, I think a good thing that has come out of this story is I've conversationally and also in the media heard a lot of women say, you know what, sometimes, yeah, it's just easier to make out with a guy. I don't know anybody yeah, that said, like, just just sometimes it. it's just easier to, like, do a little something because right. it's like, oh, let's just do that. It's, like, awkward. I don't like this guy, but sure, let's, like, you know, let something happen and it'll be easier to kind of get away, yeah. which I, I can understand that. And I probably have been in sort of that situation, you know, where it's like, mm, yeah, that's what the mixed signals were, mm -hmm. was that you didn't really like me, but then I was like, oh, well, we did... We did get, you know, shit-faced and, like, make out in a street at, like, 3.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. You must have liked me, right? Mm -hmm. What were you going to say, Jeff? I want to say, first of all, that these are not limited to solely to one sex. So I had an incident uh, years ago where I was living in Glendale, and I accidentally, not accidentally, I was... <laughs> you accidentally <laughs> were living in Glendale? Yeah. That sounds about right. Whoops. I hooked up with one of my roommates at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and I was very intoxicated, hadn't slept in like 36 hours. And she did not look like a Muppet. That's a different story, right? You know, she looked like many Muppets combined. Um, mm. Sweet. Sweetums. <laughs> the Muppet Man, where they stack each other on top Miss of Miss Piggy. Um, so... <laughs> that was on mic, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jump right, right now! <laughs> so, so, hooked up with, with her the first time, and it was like... Literally to the point where as soon as it was over, it was already like dawn. I had, I was on my uncovered mattress, like didn't even have sheets on oh, it, and just gross. like purposely closed my eyes and passed out to be like, get away from me, go away, go yeah. away, get out of here. Yeah. And then I was like disgusted by it. Literally had like flashbacks of how gross that that was that I did that while I was intoxicated. And then however many months later, she basically like I had gotten basically spent all day liquoring me up. There was other people in the house. And they basically, like, she basically cornered me, got me outside, and, like, aggressively, hardcore aggressively, like, forced herself on me, like, making out, mm -hmm. forced me into the pool, and, like, got on top of me, like, literally started having sex with me in the pool of her own volition. And I stopped it and got out and was like, no, and went to go inside. And she, like, yelled at me, was actively angry at me. So... If we want to pretend that only one sex can act that way, mm -hmm. that's completely ludicrous, right. first of all. Second of all, in that situation, I took accountability. I was like, you know, I let myself get too drunk. I let myself feed into these things that I don't really want, but I was drunk, so I was like, sure, that seems like an okay idea. Never would I be like, oh, time to file sexual assault charges because mm -hmm. somebody just actively... Now, 
by that same thing, I am a large enough male that I was able to be like, get the fuck off of me, get away from me, I don't care that you're mad. Right. Versus having the threat of like, oh, now I'm going to get murdered. Yeah, yeah so right. I wanted to make two points So that's that. a, I, I agree with that. Right. I'm just saying that it's more the point that I'm getting to is, and I, I know guys can relate to this, it's like, that blue ball feeling where it's almost like logic leaves your brain because you're just Absolutely. like, I need to bust this nut right now. Like, <laughs> if I have to go into the bathroom and jerk off, that's okay. But then you need to like get off of me so I can go handle this. And I don't think it's, I don't know how to deal with, or I don't know how to condone that mentality because I understand that's what leads to all these horrible, violent things. But I recognize it. I feel, I felt that way to an extent where I'm just like, oh, I, I don't care about like the consequences. I'll have sex with this ugly girl because I really need to get off. <laughs> and and, and um, I, again, uh, there was a girl I dated and the first time we went back to her place to hook up, essentially, she was like, oh no, I don't want to have sex. And I was like, all right. So I just went to go to, to bed and she's like, oh, you don't want to do other stuff? So then, like, went into fellatio and stuff, and I was like, okay, and then we went to bed. The next time I come over, she, like, goes to do some fellatio, and I, like, let myself finish, and she was like, oh, you didn't want to have sex? And it was like, how did I know that that was even on the table? <laughs> yeah, like, it was off the table the last time. Yeah, and then uh, this same girl in the future, now we're, like, full-on dating, and she's sleeping over at my place, and her work is, is right near my house at the time. And we wake up, and I, you know, typical morning boner. I'm like, oh, like, let's have some morning sex before you have to go to work. Like, that sure. sounds fun. And she's kind of like, eh, I don't know. And I was like, okay. So then I did what I've done a million other times in this relationship, which is, like, tried to do the moves that turn her on. Mm -hmm. So it goes from, like, I don't know to, like, oh, yeah, I'm in the mood for that. So I just tried to do some of that stuff, like some nipple play or whatever. And... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I had to tell you. Some but uh, well, yeah. we yeah. were wondering. Yeah, yeah. okay. I, and I, so, I, I was wondering. <laughs> yeah. And so so then she goes like, oh, okay. And then we had sex. And as soon as we were done having sex, she was like, I didn't really want to do that. And I was like, what? I, then why didn't you say why no? Didn't you she say, said, like, I did at first. I was like, okay, yeah. And then, but it was kind of like a soft no. And, mm -hmm. and I felt bad. I really felt awful that I had done this. And I still feel bad that I didn't pick up on those signals and just take the first, like, I don't know, as like, I really don't want to do this. But in my mind, I was like, okay, but we're in a safe, happy relationship. Like, and if you, if I start touching you in a sexual way and you're not feeling it, just be like, oh, no, babe, I'm really not. Really? And I'd yeah. be like, okay. And I would have stopped then. But it was like, we were... I felt like very much in this same gray area where many other times it's led to very consensual, happy sex. Mm -hmm. And then it led to like, oh, well, I didn't want to do that. And I'm like, well, I wish I had known because I would never have done anything so, more. I have a few thoughts on that. First, I would like you to tell that story again, but slower. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Coltrane. Uh, two, uh, the idea, obviously, yes, of course, it can happen Nip with women. I, play. <laughs> no. the, the, the bell represents uh, the proverbial nut, as it were. But uh, obviously, yes, the, the key, and you touched on it, is that there's sort of a... You really did touch physical, on it. You sure did. <laughs> the physical different, the, the strength, you know, in terms of, like, a man being able to maybe not even physically overpower and force you, but just, like, a little bit more forceful. But then it becomes this gray area, too, where... You know, uh, you know, you're 
she with was, a girl and doing she's stuff. She's a solid 250 pounds. If she Whew, wanted okay. to like stop something, she could have. Wow. Now that's a revelation there. 250 pound girl. That's a big bitch. <laughs> and that was and that was Whoa. a happy relationship. Really? You got a relationship? <laughs> no, no, no. Culture that was not upset. a relationship. This is the, this is that the, was the this flashbacks. Is the that's one. Of, oh, I literally yeah. have. I mean, I'm just asking questions. I'm like, yeah, you know, like, you, were you really feeling good about yourself? Or <laughs> no. Just like right after bad boys school? I'm just asking questions. I'm no, this was this was definitely in the middle of a very long. Were you time writing a lot though. of poetry at that point? No. This is this is so this is when this is after. I dated that girl for three and a half years that I did not have sex with at all. And yeah. I was not a virgin. So it was like, so I'm now by this point probably in four years of no sex with like anyone, even though I've already been sexually active, like very much so beforehand. So I was just like, oh, a hole? Okay. Yeah. Oh, plus, I'm in a holding pattern now. Plus, great. Again, 36 I mean, hours not away. This fucking plane. Drunk, high. Yeah. And I was just like, Decisions seem like a... <laughs> Look, decisions aren't always uh, made under the best circumstances. Sometimes decisions are made in a vacuum. Sometimes your decision is to fuck a vacuum. But look, we don't judge. <laughs> that is not what we're here to do. But the point I was going to make is, look, there are times Listen, when you can be with a lady and, you know, early on she's going to say, like... It's not, just, a it's not a Dyson. It's the first vacuum that doesn't do suction. That's the first one that doesn't do suction. Yeah. Well, thanks for telling me now. <laughs> The, you know, girl be I like... I mean, interesting things that I'm surprised that you know, Will. Just <laughs> <laughs> he, look, there's a lot of important things to know uh, mm -hmm. as, as a man about town. But, uh, you know, you look, you're with a girl, and I feel like a lot of us would have probably run into this. She'll say early on, is like, so just so you know, we're not having sex. And I'm like, okay, great, we'll do the other stuff. And then when you think back on those times now, after this, you're like, oh, she said that, but then we, like, totally had sex. And it's not like... It's like a, a girl that, you know, you never see again or anything like that. It's just like, oh, the first time that we had sex, it started off her saying that we weren't going to. And then it just escalated there. And then I guess that's what you start to wonder is like, what did I do in that situation that convinced her? Was I just that awesome? That can't be true because I'm me. There was no way that I'm like that good. So I was like, did she just feel like, oh, I guess, uh, all right, well, now we're at this point. So why not? I mean, I guess, look, it's biology. Sometimes they don't make the clearest decisions either. Case in point, women have slept with me. They, they <laughs> clearly were not thinking when that happened. Not, yeah, obviously, I, my beautiful I wife was thinking has, every has, time that we did it. Every time that you and I had sex? <laughs> yeah. No, look, I, I, I appreciate that, too. Uh, I don't know, Coltrane, wh what do you think about the girl who says, just so you know, we're not having sex? Sometimes it, it, it's, it's, look... No always means no. But when you're doing things and it's like, oh, limits are being placed, sometimes that means you're going to have to earn this pussy if you want to hit it. <coughs> As I put very, okay. very okay. elaborately. I will, I, it's, there's, there are two sort of separate tracks that, have, that I've sort of thought about with this. And on one hand, it's, it definitely was something that I struggled with for a long time because, you know, like, you, you never really, like, I was always someone who just didn't want to, like, dabble in the gray area. So there would be times when there would sort of be, like, it'd be, like, kind of a yellow light. So it's like, you could kind of go, kind of slow down either way. But it's like, unless she specifically said, yes, let's do this, like, I just wouldn't do it. Which led to, you know, a lot of loneliness for, for a long time. I, I will not dispute that at all. Because it's just like, and people would be like, but, but like she was there at your house and she was naked. And it's like, yeah, but she didn't actually say let's have sex. So I was just like, nah. Mm -hmm. And then like there's other times when a lot of the, the women that I was friends with in life would be like, 
I would never be at a guy's house naked if I didn't want to have sex. Like, why aren't you doing it? And I would just like go with that. And they would be like, I'd be like, yeah, but if she's like over there doing it, like she's, she's sort of like telling you that without actually saying it. So for a long time, like it was, it was very, it was very confusing because I just didn't ever want to like cross that line. I just always wanted it to just be like, yes, I definitely would like to have sexual intercourse with you now. Let's go. And it's like, which now sounds really stupid, but it's like, cause that's not really how anything ever goes, but that was always sort of my mindset. So that was why I struggled for a long time. Cause like, I never really picked up on signals. So it was just like, if you don't say it, then I'm just going home by myself. So that stuff is always a struggle. And then it's sort of like, like you were talking about where sometimes it's like, yeah, we're not going to have sex tonight, but then you want, so that's the no, but then it's like, you end up having sex and it's like, it's all good because she changed her mind. And so the tough part there is she just decided that if she was down to do it, and then how do you know she didn't, that it wasn't just like you talked her into it. So right. I mean, again. I feel like, you know, all of a sudden forcibly, you know, removing a guy's underwear is giving consent. <laughs> you know, I don't think you need to like, hey, let's stop down. I just wanted let's to see your penis, not have it in me, rapist. Which no one wants to see this. But anyway, uh, Jeff, <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going to say that I, I think there's, I've straight up said the, this before and now I feel like it's crass and disgusting where it's like, uh, the second a girl tells you that you're not going to have sex means you're probably going to have sex. Because it usually <laughs> meant, it meant in my dating life that she was already thinking about sex because I wasn't the one bringing it up. I right. wasn't like, so we're going to go back and bang? And she's like, no. Yeah, how far how she, far is this going to go? Yeah, because i got to figure out if it's... bringing up like, oh, I'm putting up a wall. We're not going to have sex. And usually that meant to me, I was like, oh, so you have sex on your mind. So if I continue to act like as I have been acting, we'll probably end up having sex. It didn't... It didn't signal signal me to start trying harder, which I think is the unfortunate. Like that might be what other people start doing, you know. Oh well, then I better earn it. And I think you you spoke to that. I think that's the danger of the mentality is you can do everything to earn it, but you should never feel as though you have earned it because uh, feeling as though you've earned it means you're entitled to it. And then that's where the the thinking that you should have something you shouldn't comes in. That's where I think sexual assault. So. Starts. Will, as somebody who was navigating these waters as a single man, you know, seeing people, sometimes it was very much intended to be casual. Uh, how much did all of this factor into your mind? Like I've said many times, I can't imagine being single right now. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, especially, you know, in the time since you were first single, it's gotten, you know, there were so many more stories. There's ever, you know, there's so much talk about it. I was like, I, can, can you even say like, Oh, she looks nice today. Ah, nobody looks nice today. I'm not mm -hmm. even going to tell you guys you look nice today. You both look fabulous. Uh, <laughs> so how I said that to a coworker once. I was like, I don't know, Katie, my roommate, and yeah. then uh, our, our another uh, girl who works at the company. She just looked nice, and I was like, I don't know if that's like it's kind of like a weird thing. Nice? But I was like, I you just look nice today. Yeah. She's like, that's the that's the nice way to do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't fucking like headlong into it. Like like. Oh, you're looking good today or whatever, but I was just like, I don't, I don't know. I just paid her a genuine compliment, so I think it's fine. I think it's fine if you Back are in France. They are passing a law in France that if you comment on a woman in public, then you're going to get a hundred dollar fine. Oh, interesting. The French, who yep. have like mistresses who show up at their funeral and wow, wow. I, France has changed. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what were you going to say? We well, hardly knew you. Yeah. Seriously. Um. Th so. It, <laughs> I don't know. I think that there's an energy to it and a politeness that like is known if you're behaving in a proper way and you are trying to read 
energy and nonverbal cues and things like that. Like, yes, communication is like number one and is super important, but sometimes people are in positions where they can't communicate everything with their words and they do, they go along with things they don't necessarily want to do because they don't know how to say no or feel comfortable saying no or things like that. And as men, especially like, I'm not going to say like keep doing what you're doing, but I mean like if you consider yourself a good person, then you do know how to navigate these things. Be you, but just listen for things like this and like just be aware. And I think that that's the thing that the Aziz Ansari story has opened up a lot is like about the communication that men need to have, especially with each other, about like how what is this usually like for you? Because there's probably a lot of guys that have no idea that they've probably been with girls who slept with them who didn't really want to sleep with them. And it's going to be like... It, not that they perpetrated some crime, but it, it's time to just become more aware and listen to both verbal and nonverbal cues. Because sex is, to me, like the most valuable when it's a shared experience and not just a singular experience. And a lot of times, random hookups are just singular experiences. So for, like, for, for me, any of the girls that I was with after my marriage in my little brief single window... I was very clear up front that I was like, I'm not looking for anything because I wasn't in one. But yeah. I did just want to get laid. Um, however, I was in the, that scenario where like it was clear that something was not right. And I was like, Let, then let's not do this. And I was intoxicated at the moment. And even drunk. I had the fucking common sense to be like, there's something a little wrong here. And it would just not be appropriate. And I would feel bad about myself for doing this and then there's no value to the sex because it's not a shared experience and you're not both getting something out of it it's purely uh it's purely selfish which is a little narcissistic that like if you just get sexual gratification only for yourself by taking it from other people then you should probably talk to a therapist because you need to get something figured out because it's not just about you it's also about the other person but and that sex is the ultimate communication because you're you ne are never closer than that but in general, during your single time, and yes. even as you're getting to know your girlfriend, yeah. you know, you feel like everyone was sort of at least on the same page and understood. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, you know, you mentioned the girl that said, you know, I don't, let's not do this. And you're like, great, let's not. Yeah. And she cried because you said. Well, she didn't like full on cry, no, but, but she I could was, tell she was, she was really affected by that. Because I'm sure I think, other dudes have taken it. Right. Yeah. And then that's the sort of thing that makes me wonder. I'm like. I feel pretty confident that, you know, I'm not a master coxman, and I use sure. the word because it's funny, mm -hmm. but, you know, I, I feel like there's a, a couple of instances where I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure that she was DTF, but, you know, you say yeah. a little bit in the beginning, you're like, oh, I don't know, let's not see if that's where we're going, you know. I just really, the that same girl that I told the two stories about that I dated. Yeah. Uh, literally, I met her on Tinder, and she sent me one of her early messages, I am DTF. Okay, and so she's I letting me you know it she's off as a joke, and yeah, I was like, because she played a lot of ultimate frisbee. I was like, oh, down to frisbee. Yeah, which by the way, that's for anyone that doesn't know, that's what DTF stands for. Down it's to called frisbee. disc golf. D it's very serious. <laughs> no, this was ultimate frisbee, so oh. it's not a disc. It's oh. down to frisbee. Uh, so I don't know. It makes you think about things, and then again, what it really all comes down to. And I've had this conversation with so many married friends in the last couple of months. We're so glad we're not single. Mm. I mean, look, you're both in relationships. But you know, there's still there's still things you're navigating because you know you're not married. And Jeff, Jesus, you've been with Natasha for two years now. Yep, that's crazy. <laughs> yep. And I knew that because you guys started dating on New Year's Eve. So yeah. I was it's like, pretty easy to keep track. Yeah, yeah. I, that's how it's easy to keep track. And you and Rachel, it's been a couple months, or yeah, it was Halloween. Months. You mm -hmm. guys were early dating. All yes. Right. So and it's just like there's still a lot to figure out. And I'm just like I I can't imagine. You know I. 
I'm just lucky that I'm with a girl who couldn't figure out any better options, so she just gave in. And Would that's you the stop ultimate. Stop playing yourself down. You're a that... gentleman and a scholar, and you're very handsome. Well, thank you. That's all any I wanted. And quite the coxman. Thank oh, yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm asking for. This is why I do the goddamn podcast for people that call me coxman. My coxix is is unrivaled. It's unheralded. It's uh, unhinged. Anyway, <laughs> so I don't know. Look, I I think that these conversations are important to have, mm-hmm. and. As great as it is when we have the black cats about, like, let me tell you about the the best drunk sex I ever had. That's fun, too. But sometimes it's like, the oh, well, you know, being drunk probably led to some things that uh, maybe neither of us felt good about, you know? And uh, I think it's important to have those conversations. Uh, But we're kind of out of time here. Mm. And, you know, it's all about keeping the black cats on time, Coltrane. Black cats never goes over, right? True story. Yeah. yeah. The that, black train always runs out. It always pulls right out of the station. Yeah. Uh, it never un- pulls out. Unless the, girl, unless the girl tells you to stay in the station, mm-hmm. then you do not pull out of the station. Right. Consensual you, Consensual. Consensual departure of the locomotive. Uh, Coltrane, I feel confident that we will talk very soon after Super Bowl 52. I know you don't like to think about the way the game will go, but I guess should people assume if they don't hear you after the Super Bowl, you didn't want to talk about it. Is that is that safe to say? That's a that is a pretty fair assessment. All right, and uh, Jeff will be here because I can at least drive to him and like put a <laughs> microphone in his face. You have gotten away, so I can't really strong arm you. Look, I need you guys to consent when you want to be on the Blackcast too. All right, I don't want to force anybody to be on here except for an occasional guest. Who I trick into thinking they're being on the radio. But the, apart from Christian, that. Christian, you are not picking up on my body language. <laughs> I am trying to be for here. three years to not do this fucking thing. I don't, I don't know how you came into my work all that time. You helped get me fired. I didn't really. But you got in trouble with George Nori. Yeah. yeah mm, you know. That's right. So, you know, you, you didn't... Who are these fuckers? You didn't see any of the signs. But uh, anyway, uh, Coltrane, any final thoughts about the Pats, about the fairer sex about the world before we let you go. All I really want is a beautiful, consensual uh, uh, Pats fan who occasionally likes to smoke a little weed, you know, drink some coffee, into butt stuff. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you're out there, look me up. Um, Coltrane, I'm a little troubled because your Twitter at Coltrane Leaks, you're at 7,658 followers. I, I'm I'm alarmed. I don't know what what can we do to correct this. Is there anything, or has that ship sailed? I mean, I don't know. I, I probably you know have to go on there and tweet and do tweet stuff once in a while. That's true. But, I mean, I, I feel like that's probably it would help. the direction that yeah. I need to go. Okay, is to actually you know say say something every now and then and stuff like that. Fair Find enough. Some more porn stars. Yeah. Some more sex robots. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's all right. You know, we all, it's all in the future. We'll figure it all out. Well, Coltrane, we appreciate you giving us your take. Can't wait for the first sex robot rape story. Oh, yeah. I did not consent to this machine <laughs> fucking me. You know, somebody somebody sexed with one of those sex robots. You that's, know, how, that, that's what I say at the self-checkout at the CVS when it's like, please place the item in the bag. I'm like, this fucking machine is rigged. <laughs> I do not consent. Yeah. I do not consent. Can you? Can an assistant come over and help me, please? Because I don't guy, want a bag. It says put it in the thing, but it's in the thing, but it's our, but it keeps telling me to put it in, even though it's already in. 
So, I don't understand. It's interesting that you draw the parallel because it's the same thing at the self-checkout as when I'm with a girl. The checkout will ask me if I want a bag, and with a girl, no, I don't want a fucking bag. I don't want to put anything on this. Anyway, on that note, Coltrane, thank you. That's how you ended up with two Bag kids. Bag it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's exactly like how I ended up with two kids. Uh, Coltrane, were you, are, are you Eric estrada right now? Are you taking a whiz while you talk to us? No, I'm actually uh, adding water to my coffee maker. All right. Oh. Well, it would have been more funny if you'd been like, yup, I'm pissing in my coffee maker. Tell me more. Uh, anyway. Uh, no, no, that would be disgusting. That would be very I'm not nice. into that sort oh, of thing. Oh, that's you nasty. You understand. This uh, conversation has gotten out of hand. All okay. right. It certainly has. Uh, thank you, Coltrane. We'll talk to you soon uh, on the Blackcast. But for now, uh, I'm Christian Blad at Christian DMZ. The Blackcast is at Blackcast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. You can like the Blackcast on Facebook, Blackcast.com. Will Sterling, wh- where can people find you? At Will Sterling underscore Motivation Report can be found. MotivationReport.com, Apple Podcasts on Stitcher or on Twitter at Motivate Report. Facebook, Facebook.com slash Motivation Report. And I can be found on Facebook, Facebook.com slash William Sterling Actor. And <laughs> Red Circle Sports. Red Circle Sports. Every Tuesday at PodcastOne.com, hosted yes. by Mr. Dennis Miller. And at least so far, always co-hosted by me. Yes. So Never je- stop showing up. Because if you can't be there to co-host, I will die. Well, I would love to have him talk I mean, to you about sports. Starling, what do you know about sports? What about, I'll be like, um, no, 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 no. Starling, what do you think about Bart Starling? How great was he? You should just call me real quick. Yeah. I have one of your other producers. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be kind of funny. Like, I get a random phone call, like, hey, can you come on? And then Dennis yeah. is like, Coltrane, which one were you? Yeah. Just checking. That's exactly what it'd be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you're doing my wife, Coltrane? Uh, and uh, Captain Neo, where can you be found? Don't follow me. Please do. Jack Jack no, he's. you're not giving consent, but I'm making you follow him, Matt Jeff Duray. Anyway, Non-consensual follows need uh, not apply. All these thousands of people. And we will see you next time on the Blackcast.